You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 8.55am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 77th programme of Thinking In and our 31st remote programme in a time of the coronavirus. Uh, this program is printed to you, to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the latest scandals around some of our military in Afghanistan. This has been sort of lingering around to TV channels and other news outlets for quite a while, coming to an almost sudden climax a bit over a week ago. There had been all manner of attempts to suppress the issue becoming news. Whistleblowers were prosecuted. Mm -hmm. It seemed a typical don't go there kind of issue. Till last week, when the news that the Australian military usually dealt with and presented as heroes to a grateful populace that is regularly reminded to not forget their sacrifices, that that military suddenly appeared to have been involved in misdemeanors, mm, quote, unquote, mm. all whilst we were not looking or were told that there was nothing to see there because our soldiers were bravely keeping the peace for us and for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. Mm, that's right, Shark. So for those who haven't caught up with this, a major inquiry uncovered 39 alleged murders carried out in Afghanistan by 19 soldiers from the Special Air Service Regiment, or the SAS. As reported in The Age last Friday, quote, most of these murders involved prisoners who had been captured or subdued. Some were allegedly handcuffed and shot dead, unquote. So junior soldiers were allegedly directed to, quote, blood, themselves by shooting unarmed prisoners, after which weapons were planted on the victims to cover up the crimes. Some stories from the inquiry's report about what was done to innocent civilians who pose no threat are really horrific and difficult to even think about. Mm. And referrals have been made to police and investigations apparently will take years to reach any resolution. As they usually do, yeah. What we want to tease out a bit is uh, whether what happened is exceptional. The military system gone wrong or off the rails, or is it just the sort of thing we may expect coming out of the military way of doing things and out of military culture? Yeah, and, and what is the supposed right way of doing war and what is a war crime? Yeah, I guess what is being put out in the media and by the Defence Force is that there is a right way of doing war, a code of conduct, 
and rules of engagement, but these were ignored by a few rogues reported to have bullied their subordinates into unlawful killings, not to mention acts of extreme physical and mental cruelty. Mm. So Lieutenant General Angus Campbell, who commissioned the inquiry into all of this, he makes the rogue few or the few rotten apples argument. Mm. While he agrees that the report of the inquiry, called the Brereton Report, has assembled credible information with deeply concerning allegations of unlawful killings by Sun, he asks Australians, that's us, to remember and have faith in the many. Again, this was in The Age on Friday, reported by Chris Masters and Nick McKenzie. Yeah, and continuing the few rotten apples argument, the exceptional argument, Angus Campbell refers to the soldiers' behaviour as a disgraceful betrayal, saying that the problem started with a self-centred warrior culture inside the SAS with, quote, a misplaced focus on prestige, status and power turning away from the regiment's heritage of military excellence fused with the humility of service, unquote. That doesn't sound great. The distorted culture was set to focus on prestige, power and status, and this distortion was amplified by some officers, so the story goes with a sense of ego, elitism and entitlement, a rock star hubris in a warrior culture Hmm. as the title of another article in the age of that Hmm. day suggested. Yeah Yeah, and in other reports I've also heard that these officers told their subordinates to ignore the rules of behaviour in their military training and just do as they were directed on the ground and of course soldiers are trained to follow commands. Yeah killings are permitted of course in the usual rules of war In fact, soldiers are trained to kill. But the abuses reported in the Burton report are argued to be exceptional because the soldiers weren't following the rules. And as Nick McKenzie continues to explain in Friday's Age, quote, special forces missions involved surveillance operations and capture or kill missions aimed at targeting militants and the Taliban usually beyond front lines. The rules of engagement allowed Australian soldiers to use lethal force when under threat or to kill an authorised target. But soldiers could not murder or torture prisoners, injure civilian or non-combatants, unquote. Yeah, and... Then there's the fog of war escape clause. So incidents in which people are hurt or killed in the heat or confusion of battle, the so-called fog of war, are generally considered legal. And laws of war also permit an unarmed person to be shot under certain circumstances. Mm, That's right. So the exceptional argument is that all is well if everyone sticks to the rules of war. Mm-hmm. This could also clash with the military, do as you told, of course, with that rule. Uh, this, the, guess, I guess, therefore, that the Brereton's findings that there was a failure of leadership in the military makes sense in that spot. Yeah, that's right. And that failure goes very high up in the ranks as there are strong voices suggesting that there was knowledge in higher ranks of what was happening 
and mm. and I'd add to that, they should mm. have known anyway. That's right. And also some argue that the SAS was the wrong army element for the job that needed to be done in Afghanistan anyway. Yeah, or that the SAS soldiers were deployed too often, that's been said, mm-hmm. or that we shouldn't have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the quote-unquote exceptional or the bad apple argument is supported by the fact that there are apparent that there apparently were moral officers and soldiers who were speaking up along certain channels mm-hmm. and some became whistleblowers and paradoxically becoming prosecuted for blowing the whistle yeah. like David McBride. Yeah. So on that note we'll have some music de primavera sorry primavera one by Maria Grenfell and Karen Schaup, followed by a promo.
I think Welcome to Country is a very dangerous concept and initiative. I really don't know where Welcome to Country even merged from. I know that I don't think it was a, obviously an Aboriginal initiative. I think obviously governments had uh, introduced that as they were pacifying our flag of resistance. You know, the idealism that lies behind that obviously is so that white people can feel a sense that they're more guests and they've got a right of ownership and to be here. If we're going to continuously welcome them to country, what that does, it rectitudes the fact of the moral racism issues in which they perpetrate against our people. Because how can we be talking about all these other issues and then compromise a hypocrisy in our own selves to welcome these murderers and these uh, slave traders, this barbaric sense of what they've done to occupy Australia on one hand and, and welcome them on the other. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the alleged murders and abuses carried out in Afghanistan by SAS soldiers. And we're asking if these were something that might be expected or something exceptional done by a few bad apples. Mm. So that's the big question. And Jacques, I know you're a pacifist and I really wanted to get a bit of your view about what happened with the SAS from your uh, pacifist perspective. Firstly, can you tell us what is a pacifist and do you really believe that violence is never permissible, even in self-defence? Well, literally, a pacifist is a peacemaker, derives from the Latin pacem facere, to make peace. So thinking about it that way does away with the negative understanding uh, of peacemaker that we are just against war. Mm. We are for making and keeping peace. And because of the fact that I understand peace as a relational situation where you may disagree about a lot of things with others, but you do realize that your survival and everyone's survival depends on coexistence and living together. Mm. And not just with one another as human beings, but now also including the non-human beings. Mm. And yes, you know, there is the usual references to Gandhi and the non-violence tradition. But that tradition ranges from total non-violence to justified war and including then gradually more nature in our considerations. Mm. Killing of animals ranging from killing them for our own survival to vegan vegetarian positions, that that still makes us part of a civilization that kills and uses violence because of its way of living. Mm. And if you stretch that a little bit further, even uh, the pollution we call because the global warming we cause, mm. that is well, all in a way killing, killing not just humans, yeah. it does, but also non-human beings. So, so yeah. that's, that's a real extension of the notion of killing, I guess, that you don't think of when you think of pacifism because we normally correct. think of pacifism mm. in a war. That's correct. As a negative, the being against war or be, thinking about the absence of war. Mm. 
-hmm. And your question about violence, violence comes in so many ways. There is structural violence, there is law and order violence, there's bullying violence, there's violence in the welfare system. We need more than five-minute response here mm -hmm. to unwrap some of the entanglements of, of the entire peace movement and where the entire peace movement is walking in, yeah. working in and walking and alongside walking. with. <laughs> yeah, walking alongside with, I wanted to say. So it's best to stay with the issue at hand, Afghanistan and the misdemeanor of soldiers, and examine its entanglement, entanglements so that we get a bit of an idea as to how a committed pacifist may think about this issue rather than delve into general yeah. uh, and more more yeah, more general questions. Yeah, I can see that, Jacques. We probably need a whole program to talk about all the implications of pacifism. Mm. So mm -hmm. I guess just to pin it down a bit, from a pacifist perspective or your pacifist perspective, do you see the SAS's alleged murders and horrific abuses of innocent people as something aberrant or, and exceptional, or is it, or would you say it's a natural consequence of us having a military? Mm. Yeah, it's important to, to, to distinguish from my pacifist understanding, which is not the pacifist understanding. Mm -hmm. So there's not one pacifist perspective anyway, mm -hmm. I guess. Of course not. Of course not. My first my first thinking would go to the nature of the military we have created and we maintain in Australia. Mm. And on what general culture does it rest? Having a particular type of military is a consequence of what we think they're on about, what they're needing to do, what their role is in maintaining and protecting a nation like ours. Mm, so, so, Jacques, are you saying that the military... Is, um, is really based on our values and culture as a nation or what do we value as a nation? What are we defending? What do we want yes. to uphold? Absolutely. So when Campbell, Lieutenant General Campbell, talks about disgraceful betrayal, which was also the, 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 the headline in The Age when it reported about it on Friday, that, that disgraceful betrayal says it all really. It's a betrayal of what we think the army should be about and how the army represents us as a society, as a culture. Mm. So we're almost always being presented with the belief that the wars we're getting ourselves into as Australians are rightful and just. The colonial wars, for example. Mm. Note that we're still at war with Aboriginal people. Yeah. The Boer Wars, the First and Second World Wars and the creation of the Anzac myth then our eagerness to stick our noses in anything the UK or the US get stuck their noses in, presumably to defend. But to defend what? Mm, that's Do I really have to go and offer the list for all of us? Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan. And do, do, do I need to, to remind us of the reasons? Mm. So if you listen to how the uh, Wilcox... Uh, in the age on Friday, uh, had it drawn out in her in her picture, quote, we've trained them and armed them and desensitized them to violence and accustomed them to following orders and ignoring their consciences, and we've sent them on tours of duty to defeat an enemy. We've demonized and dehumanized, and now we can't understand how these soldiers could commit callous, 
terrible acts, end of quote. Mm. So my reaction is really the hypocrisy of it all. Yeah. And on that note, we'll go to another promo and continue with this after that. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's voice of dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the scandals around the alleged murders and abuses of innocent people by SAS soldiers, our SAS soldiers, Afghanistan. And we're looking at was it all exceptional or something unusual or aberrant or was it just an extension of certain things in our military way of doing things? Yeah, I, I think, I think Jen, we've got to ask what the so-called betrayal of the 19 SAS soldiers really is about, mm. whether it's disgraceful or not. Really, uh, calling the betrayal disgraceful, one wonders about using this double negative, what it means. Mm. If, is there probably a graceful betrayal that it would not, that would probably not have become public? Mm. Public knowledge, please, perhaps, mm. whatever. So what that exclamation really shows me is that the good general does not know what to do with those soldiers shattering the myth of the upright Australians bravely fighting wars against evil and dreadful enemies who are luring everywhere to make us unfree or whatever, the betrayal of the Anzac myth. And that myth really covers up the real betrayal of all those young men and women, quote, unquote, we have entangled in meaningless wars, their victims and their families and loved ones, and all that to also cover up that we inhabit a system that is highly unequal, highly sick-making and poor-keeping of the majority, the maintaining of what President Eisenhower already in the 50s, he himself, a former general, already called the military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. In brief, the stuff we keep talking about on 3CR, mm-hmm. that is being also covered up by that myth of just war fighting. Mm-hmm. And of course, there is this the sheer brutal masculinity of it all. One expression of it is the military and on, and is the military, and all many of the other ways women and children are treated in households, in mm. organizations, and on the street. Yeah, I guess a rough way that's often described is macho culture. Mm. Mm-hmm, that's right. And we will be talking about that next week. Next week, that's right. Mm. And I guess from my point of view, I don't see this as a blanket criticism of all individual soldiers. It's not really the point. We're talking about systems and cultures. Uh, that can corrupt or hurt everyone involved in some way or another, um, including the clear victims of war. Um, Quite a while ago now, I was in a position where I 
I listened carefully to past soldiers and their uh, deep anguish and torment with their memories of participation in war and um, perhaps some of the things that they'd been involved in that are against the usual norms and values of life back in the suburbs. And they were carrying those memories with them. And, and these were things within the so-called uh, rules of war. And mm. I think we have to remember amongst all of this is what's considered the most heinous, horrific crime in our normal life is actually killing someone. But this is what soldiers are taught to do and trained right. to do and expected to do. That's right. And after all of these wars which we have been involved in and having seen the soldiers coming back and then after many, many years often being diagnosed with uh, post-traumatic uh, uh, you know, conditions, all of those kinds of things, we should meanwhile know that that is happening and what it does to to our psychologies, what it does to our relationships, what it does to our ways of being and how we often then continue that almost like demented practice in our in the rest of our lives. Mm. So I guess we're coming to the end of our program so soon again. But before we finish, Jacques, can you tell us something about the positive pacifist project, if I can put it that way, and how Borderlands has been involved in some of this? Well, at the moment, uh, we do, as probably careful listeners will have uh, listened to, in July, we had a uh, conversation with uh, another of the founders of the Australian Living Peace Museum, which we have helped set up and which is accessible to everyone, where we particularly could depict the story of peacemaking in this country as an antidote to all of the stories of war making we are constantly being remembered of mm -hmm. in, in, in the, the, remembering, the remembrance kind of places. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is we could probably start to think about approaching Afghan migrants in our country and start having conversations with them. Mm -hmm. uh, not just apologizing and saying story, but actually coming to know their story, mm -hmm. their understanding of what's going on and learn from it and become a better, a, a better society, a better community and an inclusive community in that way. So that's peacemaking for me. Mm. So if this program's raised distressing issues for any listeners, um, you can ring Lifeline on 13 11 14 and do let them know if you want or need an interpreter. So that's 131114. Hmm. So uh, is there anything you may be thinking about you would want to be involved with, uh, in, involved in with Borderlands around peacemaking, around getting involved with uh, Afghans in your community, please do let us know. We're quite happy to help you to organise meetings, to organise group work, whatever it is that we may come up with. Mm -hmm. So this is a real standing invitation to try to come up with a meaningful peacemaking alternative to just sitting there and fretting about what a bad, what a bad lot we are, mm -hmm. which doesn't really help anyone. Yep. Hmm. So thanks, uh, thanks mm -hmm. for 
listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And we'd also like to thank Clive Bourne for his technical support and music selection. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak and hear the voices of prison inmates, their families and their friends. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yothu Hindi. Mm-hmm. 